0: I'm not saying that everything changes after the win. What you notice from the team after a victory like that is that the good vibes are back. This was a stat from ESPN last week after the loss to Philadelphia. Jazz had played the 6th toughest schedule thus far. They have the 5th easiest schedule remaining and it started with Memphis. The idea that confidence can get these players going and get it to a, a point where they're starting to peak and, and get to really playing the type of basketball that Quinn Snyder and Jazz fans expect, it's not quantifiable like many of the numbers that we would like to point to and say, oh, there, there's the impact of having the confidence of getting that victory. It's more nebulous than that. But when you see Jeff Green getting doused by water during the KK interview, things feel better. Round Ball Roundup, Episode 20, UtahJazz.com, J.P. Chunga, as Utah takes down Memphis 126-112. to 112. Jazz did what they have to do. Shoot 19 of 34 from three. Joe Ingles gets going while starting and, and being restored to the starting lineup because Mike Conley is out due to left hamstring tightness. He's going to be out again tonight as Jazz take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ingles, 12 points, 10 assists. First double-digit helper game for Joe this entire season. Most that he had had previously was eight and then a couple of seven games. It's his ability to create that makes him so special and that makes him one of the guys that during the preview podcast here on Round Ball Roundup made me say, hey, he might be in serious contention for sixth man of the year. And if he plays this type of way, he definitely can be that. But you saw with him in the starting lineup, he can play alongside a rim running big like Rudy Gobert and excel at that. When he's driving off to his left and has the time to use that pump fake pass and then go, he's effective. And just his court vision of being able to see and make reads while operating the offense, it's Scorsese levels of watching an artist. Rewatching the game as one does and understanding what happens had me think about the discussion that we had last time on Round Ball Roundup with Michael Lee, check that episode out because the Athletics' Michael Lee gives a good diagnosis of what was happening with the Jazz over that road trip and how they played coming out of that Lakers game. How would the Jazz look once it works?
1: You know, you have a couple of things that are kind of working against each other right now, right? You have Donovan Mitchell, who is definitely you know a really talented guy, Who's also used to having the ball in his hands from the last couple years? You know, he's the guy who makes the plays. But Boyan is a guy who can make, who's proven in the first couple of months that he can make those plays too, that he deserve. he's earned the right to get touches, to get those shots. And so you got to get him to sort of take a step back and, in some way, defer to these other talented guys. Um, But you also know that he's aggressive and he's, you know, determined to try to become an all star to try to be what the Jazz hopes he can become in terms of being that foundational piece you know, for a team that's going to contend. So in his mind, there are things that he has to do if he wants to be considered a great player. And as a young guy, that's a lot to have going on in your head. But I also know that the coaches and that Donovan Mitchell are, are hard workers, and I'm sure they'll try to figure out something.
0: Even without Mike Conley, there are little indicators of, of some of the things that he touched on. What would it look like... If things are going well, there are going to be demands for touches and demands for possessions between many of these players and Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell will be at the top of the offensive load while you will also see Rudy Gobert want to get his as well as somebody that has been acclaimed in this league. And he got it with that pick and roll with Joe Ingles. When there's an even scoring distribution, the parts can play with that connectivity that Quinn Snyder likes to cite so much. Six players go double figures. Donovan leads the way with 22. But then a trio of players go for 19 in Boyan, Rudy, and Jeff Green. Jeff Green and Emmanuel Moutier combine for 30 points just off the bench, finding consistency in that second unit. That's what you want to see over this next grouping of teams that the Jazz play. Somebody needs to emerge as a leader on that second unit. And Jeff Green, for a guy that has played so often with end-of-game lineups as a starter in this league, he's a veteran, but this is a much more reduced role that he is than he may be used to. And it takes a little bit of time to get used to. He's averaging 19 minutes a game. That's career low five threes for him most that he's hit this entire year Jeff's a good litmus test for the way that the bench is performing and his voice resonates within the locker room I mean just listen to him after the game and the way that he responded to the victory
1: just had to like I said look ourselves in the mirror and you know figure it out uh, as an individual you know how to better the team uh by doing your job and I think we did that on uh, the last two days uh, in practice we competed Um, you know, we communicated a lot better, and, uh, you know, it translated into today. So, you know, I'll take that.
0: How far can good vibes go? That's what we'll see over this stretch, because if you're looking ahead at the games that the Jazz have going forward, I don't know if there's a scarier one than tonight. Looking at the next two weeks, let's just go through it. OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte, Charlotte in Miami—the scariest of that entire block over the next two weeks, between now and December twenty-third. It's this game in Miami. The Heat are playing at a top of the East level of play, so that's a little frightening as an Eastern Conference road trip approaches. Minnesota doesn't scare me because the formula was found out by Quinn Snyder and this team in the way that you play Carl Anthony Towns. Gotta treat him like a guard. Tom Haberstroh in the guardification of bigs in this league. It used to be a discussion about whether Rudy Gobert can handle a stretch big. He can. And the way that Utah bottled up Cat last time that they played for 14 points on on 5 of 10 shooting, that's how I see the approach going next time out when they play on Wednesday. And, of course, Donovan was motivated by a fan who was sitting courtside. But I expect Depoy to play the way that Depoy plays and to limit what Cat can do. OKC's a wild card because they've played much better than they have in the past. They're on a little bit of a run where they're gaining their own positive vibes. First time that they played Portland, they lost. A close game, 102-99. Second time they played Portland, 136-119, a blowout. And then they respond last night, and they make it a convincing victory in their own right, 108-96. to The power of the snitch, Chris Paul, taking that energy from Houston of reports of wanting to tattletale, of trying to manipulate the referees into your corner. He's brought it to OKC. And that magic, those powers, that scares me because a veteran guile can go towards putting a good performance with all the young parts that he has. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is starting to play really well. 21 last night, had a career-high 29 against Minnesota. They have a backcourt that can contend with what Utah's throwing out there. Their defense on Dame and CJ last night 46 points on 45 shots for that duo. It's in part to the way that they've inserted rookie Luke Dort into their lineup. Fans of the Conference of Champions know Luke Dort from his time at Arizona State. And they know he has a high motor and has the body of a Marcus Smart and can be that type of player in this league. The fact that they could get a non-traditional victory against the Timberwolves, using the ingenuity of having CP call out Jordan Bell for having his jersey untucked, get that free throw, make it a one-point game, Towns hits a free throw, makes it a two-point game, and then Steven Adams connects with Dennis Schroeder at the buzzer. That's a team that's going some type of way. That's why it's OKC at the top of my worry list. Fully knowing, it's Minnesota and Miami as the top teams over the next two weeks. Miami is number three in the East. And with Jimmy Butler keeping them going along, they can very likely stay atop that table. Thankfully, though, an action causes a reaction. Unless your name is Lizzo, then you're allowed to continue to do what you're doing in the Staples Center crowd. The referees responded to what CP did, and they called him out on it. Chris, have you ever seen
1: two delay of games come that quickly in your Two life? delay of games on me? On they both was on me, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was
0: good. He got me, he got me back. He
1: got so, back. So you think it was from the other night? What you think?
0: Donovan even addressed it at a shoot-around today.
1: One thing I know about Chris since I've known him is he's one of the most aware players in the NBA as far as knowing the rule book, knowing every little detail. Um, and like he, I think he said in an interview, you know, this is a game. Like you got to be able to be a master of it. It's kind of like one of those like annoying things, but like the annoyingly right things, you know. And like I say you do anything it takes to win, you know. And he's he's in an environment now where it's obviously a little bit different than what is in, in Houston and in LA where they were where um, they were playing. So now he's trying to teach guys. You're know, like Shea. He's trying to teach guys to, to know to know the game and know what uh, everything that comes with it.
0: Look, at snakery of the highest order. Is this type of thing that's a part of the rules? And we can all say how smart it is while also acknowledging how lame it is as well. It's Hall Monitor stuff. If you're out here supporting Hall Monitors, I don't know if I rock with you. T-Wolves haven't won this month and have surrendered at least 115 in each game. Four straight losses. Tonight against Phoenix is the last game of their road trip. So they'll be in the same situation that the Jazz were last week when they played L.A. on Wednesday. The sea legs could still be there. Then this was rescheduled from ESPN. Jazz get the Warriors on Friday. Tip is at 7, not 8.30. The Dubs, they got their fifth win of the season against the Bulls. Riders over there are already in draft mode. They're looking at Nico Mannion at Arizona and Tyrese Maxey at Kentucky. Doesn't worry in the slightest. Jazz will need to go out there and do the same thing that they did to him a couple weeks back, which is get the job done and score the victory. That does it for this edition of Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. We'll have more on the Warriors game on Friday and get you set for the Eastern Conference opponents that are coming up on the Jazz's schedule. Once again, we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can find us. Five stars and nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. I'm J.P. Chunga. And until next time, bye for now.